episode 44 of Girl Moment. I'm one of your hosts, Robin B. And I'm Willa Rowe. And today, we've had a couple of mega-sized episodes in a row. We just can't uh, shut up. We just can't keep our fucking mouths shut. And so today, we've decided we want to have more of a mini episode uh if we it's, we'll see if that's possible it's for us. very bold to say that at the start i know if if we don't do it wait i'll just edit this out i also have a shit ton of work i need to do this week and i don't want to spend as long editing as i normally do nice. so that's gonna 30 be, minutes in and out i'm impossible another reason that this episode occurred to us by which i mean to you mm-hmm. the person who has ideas is that you have been playing a game called Sea of Stars lately. Yeah, which and we talked about last week. Which you talked about last week. Yeah, a little bit. You haven't written a review of Sea of Stars yet. I was busy. Because you were busy and because you got <laughs> distracted with one particular activity in in Sea of Stars. Yeah. <gasps> They can't see you Reeling doing in. the little reel it in motions, unfortunately. I know this is an audio format, but this is for you, Oh, Robin. thank you so much. Yeah, I've been fishing, because Sea of Stars has a fishing minigame, and I've mostly just been spending hours upon hours in the fishing minigame, uh, which made me want to talk about minigames in games, and why sometimes minigames are better than the games they're in, and just some of our favorite minigames. Mm-hmm. So yeah, kind of to start, I think I'll just, I will talk about the fishing minigame in Sea of Stars and my my belief that the fishing minigame is kind of the the best minigame. It's pretty top tier. Um, but so I've been loving the fishing minigame in Sea of Stars. Uh, basically, in Sea of Stars, you're like on this big world map and there's like a bunch of different islands and every island you go to has a fishing pond of its own. But I've been playing the fishing minigame a bunch because I see the fishing pond in every island and I'm like, cool, I have to go and I have to catch every fish in there. <laughs> At which point then I can move on. Do you have bugs flying around your face too? I do. It's you just so frustrating. Your... Yeah. my When I moved into my new apartment, there were like drain flies already oh, living God. here. And I have yet to eradicate all mm-hmm. of them yet. They're driving me out of my mind. Yeah, uh, but the fishing minigame is great. And every time you go to a fishing pond, it has a little like like sign outside of the pond. And it basically has outlines of every different type of fish that is in that pond. And then it will display it once you've caught that fish at least once. Cute. So you So you have something to aspire to. Wow. And then eventually, if you play the game long enough, you unlock a fishing hut at like this home village that you make. And you can unlock better fishing poles based on how many fish you've caught. Mm -hmm. And you get access to this very special fishing pond, which has every single fish that you've caught so far in the game. And you can just go there and fish. The fishing is great because it's not easy. Mm -hmm. It's a challenge. And basically what you do is you have to like cast out your line and then you start reeling it in and you get a fish to bite. And then once the fish bites, it starts fighting and like going all around the pond. And there's like this highlighted area of the pond. Like it's like a highlighted line towards you. And you have to keep the fish in that area to make it easier to reel in. And if you if it breaks out too far, the line will break and you lose the fish. When I played the demo of Sea of Stars, it either didn't explain that to you or it did. And I just clicked through it because I never read tutorials. I don't think it it explained it very well. 
I'm just naturally intuitive about fishing minigames because yeah. I've played them all. Um, do you have you ever gone fishing in real life? Yeah. Do you like it? Yeah. I mean, we talked about this once off like off the pod because you were so shocked because I was like, fly fishing is very fun. Oh, yeah. And you were like, that's weird. I was shocked. You don't seem like an outdoorsy kind of girl. I'm not really. But like, you know, if you go fish, if you go like fly fishing, all you do is you get to like stand in a shallow little like river or stream. Yeah. That part and then you just nice. cast your line and then you just, yeah, you fish and it's, it's it's just a vibe. I liked it a lot. Yeah. My friend asked me, I had breakfast with a friend this morning and she asked me if I liked going fishing. And I said, I don't like being outside or hurting animals. So mm. I, fishing is not really for me. But in video games, that's not a problem. I can fish from the comfort of my own home and not hurt any animals. You're hurting digital animals. Yeah, but I do feel bad about it sometimes, but yeah. it's it's better than doing it in real life. Yeah. But my um, on fishing minigames, I'll just say that my... My strong belief is that Stardew Valley is the best fishing minigame. From the little bit I played, how does Sea of the Sea of Stars game rank for you, actually? Because I really liked it when I played it. Second. Behind Second? Stardew Valley. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, Stardew Valley is good, too. The problem that I have with the Stardew Valley minigame, which it's like, you know, you catch the fish, you hit like the A button or whatever, and it will give you like... There's like a colored, there's like a gauge and there's like mm -hmm. a segment of the line that moves up and down. And when you hold in like a certain button, it moves your cursor up and you want to keep your cursor within the colored section of that bar that's bouncing up and down. The problem that I have with it is like you need to like upgrade your your gear and stuff. And there are some of them that are just like impossible to catch without that. And Sometimes it's like right on the line where it mm -hmm. feels like you should be able to do it with your current gear, but you can't. And it just gets very frustrating. And that's like, to that's fine. That's not like a problem with the design of the game. Like it gives you something to shoot for and like goals mm -hmm. to go for or whatever. But it just frustrates me personally that, that, that it works that way. Yeah. I think the fishing mini game in general is super fun. And maybe it's because like, as we talked about, Way back in our first episode, one of the like first games I've ever really played was Ocarina of Time, mm -hmm. which has a fun fishing minigame. You just go to the the one fishing hole. Yeah. It's neat. Fishing minigames are great. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. They tend to be very good. This is my thing, actually, because this is why some fishing minigames are terrible, in my opinion. I don't like fishing minigames where all you do is you like cast the line and then you just have to wait to like see the like bait get bit and then you just press again and you catch it. Yeah, I'm not about that. That's like hardly a minigame. It's nothing. It's, it's, it's bullshit. Nothing. It's not the spirit of fishing. It's not, you know, it's not a challenge. <laughs> it's not the spirit of fishing. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't respect the fine art of fishing. No. I just believe that every good RPG needs a good fishing minigame. Do you think that fishing is the most common minigame? I feel like so many games have it. I do. I think fishing minigame is probably the most ubiquitous. Because it's kind of like, it's mostly standardized also. Because like the other most popular minigame, I would say, is like a card game minigame. But those are yeah. so kind of like unique and varied. And like, I mean, I'm, we will talk about many of them, but mm -hmm. I think they're so... Because like card games require you to do so much 
extra work kind of in like building an entire system. They don't really always have so much in common with other card minigames while fishing minigames are kind of all like they're all in the same vein. Yeah. I feel like those the card mini games tend to have like require more work from the player as well because you mm-hmm. have to like learn rules and and all of that like it's yeah. whereas a fishing mini game they tend to be pretty intuitive like even mm-hmm. the most you know out there one is kind of like you can pretty much pick up what's going on just by doing yeah. it. Oh, we should also shout out Final Fantasy fourteen, which has fun fishing. I like the fishing in that game. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Like it has like every every crafting and gathering mm-hmm. job could pretty much be considered its own mini its own game. mini game. Yeah, and yeah, the fishing one is pretty involved. Like it's, I feel like it's the one that does the most to simulate like I don't know planning. Like it's not as mm-hmm. much about like act of like reeling in and like your stamina or whatever it's about like knowing what you're looking for and what kind of bait it needs and i love fishing mini games that need you to like have the right bait mm-hmm. it's so great or like in final fantasy 14 when you get to some of the like the bigger fish and what you have to do is you have to have the right bait catch a fish and then you have to use that fish to bait the other fish that's very cool i go wild for that shit (laughs) the only thing i don't like about it is that if you're like dedicated to fishing you have to carry like 17 kinds of bait on you at all time and it's just limited inventory space it's just a constant nightmare (laughs) in that game that's true i would say somewhat relatedly one of the other most common mini games i think that i see is like a cooking mini game oh that's true like catch a fish or like other kinds of animals mm-hmm. and then use them in the cooking mini games. True. Although sometimes I would argue that cooking is just like it's not even really a mini game. It's just kind of a mechanic, which yeah. I would argue are different because for example, the ones I can think of is I mean Sea of Stars is this way too. You can cook in Sea of Stars to make like food so that you can like heal yourself in your party. Mm-hmm. But the food itself is just kind of a replacement for potions and stuff. Whereas, yeah, I I don't fish to get the f- to get the fish and use it for food. I fish for the you know for the joy of the activity. Yeah, the spirit of fishing. Yeah, but I think some of them like often you'll have one that's like I'm thinking of like Genshin Impact. I think does this where when you cook something, it'll give you like a little meter with like a sweet spot, and you have to hit your button in the sweet spot. And if you mm. do it'll like give you a bonus or whatever. And if you d- get it outside of that, it'll fuck up your food. Uh, I think that's a pretty common one for it to have. The one, it's definitely near the top of my favorite mini games is in Dragon's Crown, which okay. I think you said you've played. I have. Have we talked about this before? I mean, I've, I've played it uh-huh. like years ago. So Dragon's Crown is, I, I, I really like Dragon's Crown. I think you it's a really great do. Game. Um, yeah, I it, it's one of actually the games that I replay the most because it's very easy just to pick up and like play a couple levels. It's basically like a side scrolling kind of beat em up. Yeah, if you don't know Dragon's Crown, you should look up Dragon's Crown Sorcerer. You should turn on safe search and look. <laughs> It'll already look. I mean, it's already not safe for work, but like <laughs> the thing. character design in that game yes it was a somewhat controversial game because the character <laughs> designer is famous for being a fucking pervert um all of the character designs well most of the character designs are so horny mm-hmm. it's like kind of uncomfortable but i i overlook it because it's a really fun game but 
there's a way that you, like there's sort of a not really a mode but like a way you can play the game where instead of just going into a dungeon and coming back to town every time you finish a dungeon you can choose to just continue and go to another random dungeon and then, like doing so will like get you better loot and stuff like the longer you stay out and if you choose to play that way every couple of rounds it will take you basically back to camp and there's this little cooking mini game where it'll just show you a bunch of food like and this is also like it's a gorgeously drawn game like whatever you think about the incredibly exaggerated character designs like the art is really great so there's all of this like really lovingly rendered food displayed on this screen and at the top are like four cooking pots one for mm-hmm. each of your like p- party members and you have to like pick up food and combine it in those little pots and like different combinations of food will give you different bonuses and it's like you have to move it into the pot and let it cook for the right amount of time and then take it out and then serve it to different characters so it's this cool thing of like basically just like making you do all of this stuff as fast as possible without letting food like burn or get undercooked or whatever uh and it's just i don't know for whatever reason i just really love that mini game like whenever i get to the end of a stage and get to do it i'm like yes i get to do the cooking that's that's like why i play this game it's so good but yeah most cooking games do tend to follow that same format of fishing where it's like we've decided on a way to do this and we're just going to do it that way and that's also fine i guess Mm -hmm. Also, the cooking in Final Fantasy XIV has that same issue, where if you want to cook, you need like seven different things. ingredients for each thing, and you just yeah. can't carry anything else. I mean, that's anything in Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> you need a million things. I mean, Final Fantasy in general, big, big franchise for mini games. Absolutely. Yeah, especially the other type of mini game we were talking about, card games, because mm-hmm. it has a great card mini game, Tetra Master. I fucking hate you. I just get, uh, make your case. Make your case. The, the that's right. The argument you can't. that we're having is that Willa thinks that Triple Triad is a good card Triple game. Triple Triad is so much better. And Why do you I, think they made Tetra Master? Because Triple Triad was so fucking good. And I think that it's overcomplicated nonsense. Tetra Master, I think, takes what was fun about triple triad which is like taking these cards with different like strength values and matching them against each other but it strips out a lot of the annoying rules that make it impossible to tell what the outcome of a matchup is going to be because if things are matched like on a corner they work different and you can get these weird combos that i don't i I haven't played enough final fantasy 8 to care about it there but it's in final fantasy 14 and it's just it's just the worst it's so First off, my argument against Tetra Master is Mm -hmm. not only do I think Tetra Master makes less sense because they do try to like take away some of the more interesting elements. One of the most annoying parts is that so Triple Triad and Final Fantasy VIII is entirely optional. It is Mm -hmm. just side activity. There is a point in Final Fantasy IX where you are forced to play a Tetra Master game. Up into, and this is like tens of hours into it. Uh-huh. Up until that point, it is completely optional. You can go the entire game without touching Tetra Master. And then you get hours into this game. And then they're like, hey, you have to play this fucking card game. And you have to win to progress. <laughs> it's That's bullshit. Meanwhile, I forgot about that. Yeah. Meanwhile, Final Fantasy VIII has this incredible quest all about this triple triad tournament that is going on across the entire world. And you can challenge anybody to triple triad. 
and you have to collect cards and you beat the champions from every region to like work your way up till you finally beat the big triple triad champion. And also the great thing about triple triad is that it's so fun because it it like explains the world more because each region in Final Fantasy VIII has their own like you know, regional twist on triple Mm -hmm. triad. So some places have like different rules and you get to a point where you can essentially go to like uh, this, like simplifying it, but you can go to like the triple triad commission that like determines rules. And if you've gotten far enough, you can essentially say, Hey, I want to outlaw this regional rule because I don't like it. Mm -hmm. So you get to change. Because there's too many rules in this game. And it's whatever. I I can't. It's such a good game that it lets you ignore parts of it if you play it enough. Whatever. Triple Triad <laughs> what a, is so much better. Point. No, Triple Triad is so much better and it's com- it's complex and interesting and it lets the player decide how they want to progress through the Triple Triad mm-hmm. mini game in 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 order to benefit your own play style. Yeah. I do agree that the best part about Triple Triad is you can choose not to do it. I fucking hate you. (laughs) This is such bullshit. I'm so mad about this. (laughs) It frustrates me in Final Fantasy XIV, too, because you'll get, as part of loot from, like, dungeons and stuff, you'll often get these cards, and I'm just like, oh, I guess this is going straight in the garbage, because I'm not going to bother to play this stupid minigame. Also, fun fun thing in, Mm -hmm. in Final Fantasy VIII about Triple Triad to essentially like when you when you really want to win like the final match you need to have the best cards which all the best cards in triple triad and final fantasy are cards of like your characters because like all the cards are just like enemies in the game or big mm-hmm. characters so it's like oh you need to find the squall card or you need to find the renoa card or you know all this thing so you have to find the character in the world who has that card and it's always somebody who's linked to them in like a really interesting narrative uh-huh. way so yeah i'm just imagining like going to a magic the gathering tournament and someone plays like the robin b card <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck how did you get this? <laughs> who made this? You know who would understand. Terrifying. You know who would be who would have my back right now. Who? Corey Plant. We should get Corey Plant on this podcast so you two can be wrong together. How? I can't fucking believe you. Final Fantasy VIII is so good. It's fine. It's the better romance than Final Fantasy X. It's the better card game minigame than Tetramaster. Hmm. Disagree. It's complex. It builds on like expectations from Final Fantasy VII because everybody's like, oh, it's, you know, Final Fantasy VII was so good because you had Cloud and, and then Squall is kind of even more of like this annoying guy, but he's, oh, whatever. The dance scene at the beginning, have you, have you, how you, how, like, you've never really played this game, right? No. The dance scene at the beginning where they're at the graduation ceremony and Renoa dances with Squall and Squall's so clumsy. Oh, come on. It's so adorable. <laughs> I mean, that's good. I just i don't know it's the the i don't i never liked the magic system and i didn't really like the world either i just don't it just didn't i didn't vibe you don't you know what fine you don't deserve final fantasy 8 i don't like the um (laughs) like the school setting i don't i don't really like it (sighs) fine whatever i just i don't know maybe i'm not i don't watch enough anime that primes my brain to think that it's interesting (laughs) to have like school politics you really clearly didn't you need to watch some naruto to god (laughs) i don't know i don't i'm gonna be honest with you willa i don't know if that's what i need to do no but you should i think i have bigger problems to fix in my life than not watching enough naruto (laughs) 
Okay, so do we want to continue down the card game track or the Final Fantasy mini game track? Oh, I actually, I'll, I'll continue on the oh, card oh, game oh. first okay. because there is a direct correlation to an, another mini game I love, which is Great. so in Shovel Knight Treasure Trove, which is like their third mm-hmm. like campaign, they have a game called Joustice which is essentially a triple triad mini game. And it is also really good. And it's the same kind of idea of the cards have like values and you need to place them in places. But the like thing about Joustice is that when you, instead of values, it's like cards push other cards in directions and you have to essentially play turns by pushing your opponent's cards off the board. And then whoever ends up with like the most cards of their color on the board by the end wins and it's really fascinating with cards yeah and you get to these like the the further you go you get more interesting cards like you can have a card that when it pushes your enemy's card it turns it into your color huh or like shit like that it's so fun um so i just wanted to talk about how joustice is also good because it's inspired by triple triad Uh so So. the another uh continuing the card game train i guess i think the the biggest one, like the sort of elephant in the room, one is Gwent from The Witcher Three. Which I don't know how did what was your how did you like Gwent? So I like I obsessively played The Witcher Three. Mm-hmm. I spent so many hours in that game. I never like got deep into Gwent. Hmm. I don't know what it was. It just kind of never clicked with me conceptually. I like it. Like I like how the game is a gamified version of like. It's supposed to be kind of like army on army combat with like different lines of of soldiers and stuff. And that's neat. Mm-hmm. I just never ended up like going down that route, really. Yeah, I really liked it. I, I didn't um, I kind of fell off of it after a while just because it is like to really get into it is so time consuming in a game that's already so huge and has so much to do. Mm-hmm. I was at a certain point kind of like, I just want to keep like doing the monster hunting and like, I don't want to keep being distracted, but I do think it's a really well made. I mean, obviously it's a, it's a well enough made game that they made like two different Witcher spinoffs that are about playing Gwent. Mm-hmm. So it's quite good. I did actually play the standalone Gwent for a while too. And it's like, kind of even like further developed i think it's really excellent but even like it, it's original like minigame form i think it's i don't know it takes elements of like the kind of like battle card games that most people are pretty familiar with uh like magic the gathering and things like that or i don't know Yu-Gi-Oh! if you're a freak but like very much changes it up i tend to not get too deep into the games that are like like Triple Triad or Gwent, where it's this like world spanning thing where you kind of like becomes a game unto its own. Just because like I like my mini games to be like little breaks from the action, mm-hmm. not their own, you know, plot line to follow down. Should we go back to Final Fantasy minigames then? Yeah. I guess Blitzball is an example. What do you, what are your thoughts on Blitzball? Give me your Blitzball takes. <laughs> my Blitzball takes, my hot Blitzball takes. Yeah. Um it's fine i think it's like it's interesting on the surface level but then it just kind of doesn't really matter (laughs) it's so weird like it's it's so complicated like yes and that's why i I sound so dumb in this episode (laughs) because every time the thing is complicated i'm like that means it's bad this is actually like it because it's so complicated (laughs) this is actually really funny because they were just talking about on press start how they're playing final fantasy 10 and they were talking, he spent a, a yeah. few minutes talking about Blitzball yeah, and how complicated the tutorial is. And then the yes. game is just kind of like, anyways, we're just going to move on from Blitzball. 
Yeah. Well, that's the thing, like you were saying, like the, the Tetra Master thing becomes you have to play it at a certain mm-hmm. point. I really hate that like there's this segment at like the very beginning of Final mm-hmm. Fantasy X where you have to play this fucking Blitzball game. Yeah. And it takes so long and you don't know any of the rules yet. And it just like it's it's such an absolute drag. Yeah. And then uh now people are like bring Blitzball into Final Fantasy 14. Never. I do love <laughs> I think if they made a version of it that wasn't terrible, it would be, mm-hmm. you know, cool to have in there. But my favorite thing was at the, um, what was it, 7.0 live stream mm-hmm. event. Yoshi P was like, and now we have another announcement that you guys have wanted. And some fan went like, Blitzball. Yeah. And then Yoshi P just went, no. No. <laughs> Amazing. Yoshi P gets it. He does. But of course, I think the the king of mini games in Final Fantasy is, of course, Final Fantasy VII, <laughs> largely because of the gold saucer. Oh, I was thinking snowboarding, which I guess does. Well, you can do it through the gold saucer, but yeah, yeah. I just mean like that's like a hub for all of them. But yeah, it has the incredible snowboarding game. That snowboarding game is amazing. It's so good. I love it. My, do you, I, This is like not really on topic, but my favorite thing about the snowboarding mini game, like in world is or like in the narrative is that you mm-hmm. do that really quickly after Aerith dies. It's like how you get over it. Like, yeah. I need to process my grief. It's incredible. We're shredding down the mountain. <laughs> Top tier game. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of fun ones. There's Chocobo Racing. Mm-hmm. You you wrote down Chocobo Breeding also, which Chocobo Breeding is wild. It's so intense. <laughs> I am so hopeful that they bring back Chocobo Breeding for Final Fantasy VII Remake or mm-hmm. for like Rebirth or whatever. Yeah. And that it's just so balls to the walls, insanely complicated. <laughs> I would love it. Uh, that would be amazing. You have to do like Mendel squares to figure out what's going to happen. Did Seriously. You, did you ever get the Black Chocobo? Um, I don't think I ever got it like personally when I played mm-hmm. through because I was just like, I'm not, not going to yeah. be able to do that. Yeah, I didn't do it. I, I, I was playing Final Fantasy VII like at the same time as my cousin, basically. Like mm-hmm. we both played our own games, but we played them a lot together. And he did and got Knights of the Round. And it's like the most intense thing in the world. And I, mm-hmm. after like dozens of hours of trying to breed these fucking chocobos, finally just gave up. But it's, I don't know, I think it's so funny that it's like this optional and obscenely complicated activity mm-hmm. that gets you like the win any fight button if you like see it through to the end as long as you can like watch the entire cinematic yeah okay so on the final fantasy remake something that upsets me to this day is that they have such a good mini game but you can't replay it which is the um what is it the honeybee the honeybee inn or whatever oh yeah they have that incredible dance sequence yes yes it's like a rhythm that was, game like, one of the best parts of the game I and you love can't that just replay it yeah, that's which really is so weird. upsetting. Yeah, because yeah, especially because like in, I mean, in universe, the honeybee inn like exists. Yeah, you, you could just go back and do it again. I am very curious because you didn't really explain this to me beforehand. You just wrote down in our Google Doc that weird game on the mountain oh, question mark. The um, Fort Condor. Oh, Fort Condor. Okay, got it. Where you have to place your little. It's like a I don't know RTS kind of thing. Yeah, or like it's like kind of like a tower, tower defense, defense kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which was, I remember spending a lot of time in. I think it's fun. I don't know. And then they bring it back in Remake Intermission, which I Intergrade. still played, actually. Yeah. Um, you should. It's really good. I really want but, to. But uh, yeah, Fort Condor and that is fun. I, I, they have a whole quest line. Other minigames? 
Yeah, I mean, like, in another one that, like, has several mini games, and it sounded to me like you weren't familiar with this, was uh, Kirby's Adventure for the Yeah, NES. not really. I, I've never been a Kirby person. I... I've I've gone back to play this recently and it's like not a, it's like a very it's a kid's game like it's very simple mm-hmm. it still holds such a place in my heart though like I played this game constantly when I was a kid my my cousin and I okay so when you boot up Kirby's Adventure the like before you get to the title screen it just gives you this little animation that's like here's how to draw Kirby and it's like draw a circle and then draw his hands and feet and then draw his face like it's pretty pretty simple but for some reason, my cousin and I, the same one who I played Final Fantasy VII with, really latched onto this, and we would spend hours just drawing different Kirbys. Like, you know, like Kirby sucks up enemies and gets their mm-hmm. powers, and we would just make up, like, here's if Kirby had the powers of, like, this thing, and got, like, very obsessed with it. And so, like, Kirby was just, like, such a big part of, like, me being a little kid. But part of that game was also, they had these, like, three mini games you could play throughout the game, and one was, like, a crane game, one was like King DDD, like the enemy, like the boss of the game, was throwing eggs into the ring, and you as Kirby were just running around with your mouth open, catching all of these eggs. But sometimes he would throw bombs, so you had to like catch the eggs and avoid the bombs. And then there was a quick draw game, which were we were like Wild West Kirby, mm-hmm. and you would face off against an enemy. And they would like draw their gun, and you would have like a split second to hit your button, and it would get faster and faster. And these games were like games you could replay like all throughout the game. And if you did well, you could get like extra lives or whatever. But it was cool that they were like always persistently there on the map. And also like they just kept recurring. So you kept like kind of it was like that thing that I was saying, like it becomes a break from the action. Mm -hmm. But it just gives you a really good opportunity to like get really good at them over the course of the game and actually rewards you in some way. It's just I don't know. I just think it was really fun. And this is also like very tied up in you know to go back to last week's theme in nostalgia Mm -hmm. but i still think they were they were just great i mean a game built around mini games that i love is mario party Mm -hmm. i've been playing a lot of mario party lately this has been a thing so we'll go over to our friend's house and we'll play mario party and drink highly recommend the mario party mini games are so fun because also they have ones that are like free for all 4v4 1v3 and then 2v2 We've been obsessed. There's this one. It's in Mario Party 6. There's this one mini game, which is a 1v3 one. And basically what happens is the team of three, they get sucked into a box. And inside the box is they're like four, like kind of like, you know, how on pinball, you can hit things and you do the ball. Okay. So there's kind of like four of those. And then there's two spikies in the box mm-hmm. with you. And the person, the like person who's one player and is like facing off against the three, they control how the box tilts <laughs> and they're trying to hit you with the spikies. Not once has the team of three won. Wow. It's like within, fun. within like seconds, we all get hit. We're, we really are confused by it because I don't that we don't think there's a way for the one player to, or for the three players to win. Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> you should play more Mario Party. Yeah, I don't play. I haven't played much Mario Party. Mm-hmm. Like what's what are your other? There like, was other one. You like? There was one on the Wii that I loved. Also, I think the Mario Party on Wii had like the best mini games because they like integrated the Wii mode. Oh, yeah. So it's just incredible. 
There was one that I really loved, which was essentially like, I don't know what it's called, but basically what happens is you're on a platform that you take turns standing on. And then there's a bunch of strings and you have to cut the strings. Uh-huh. And if you cut the like wrong string, you get launched into the air and you lose. And so like you just take turns having to cut strings. That one was so fun. I like that yeah. one a lot. Was the Wii the best console ever for minigames? I think, yeah. I think the Wiimote just makes like, I think that's the ideal of a minigame is like, it's something that like, feels very different is kind of active Mm -hmm. and also if you're like playing a party game like that with friends you also like look like a huge dork while you're playing them like Mm -hmm. i think that's such a fun element of any like party type mini game Mm -hmm. it's just making you do something silly looking in real life i've heard good things about the like most recent mario party game on switch because apparently it's like a greatest hits Mm mm-hmm and I don't know. I mean, the Switch, the Joy-Cons, yeah, you can like kind of work. do. Yeah. So yeah. interested in that. I had a really weird, um, when we were talking about this, I was one mini game that jumped out to me that I was like, this is such a weird one is mm-hmm. um, there was a game I would always play on my PSP, which was the Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End <laughs> PSP game. Mm-hmm. And they had, a, they had a bunch of mini games in there. Um, but one of them was this game called Liar's Dice. You played on the... Uh, What's Davy Jones' ship? I have no idea. Ah, this is, it's going to come to me, or I'm just going to lose my mind. But whatever. Okay. So you're on the ship, and you like you're playing with the pirates, and it's called Liar's Dice, and it's essentially you like you get dice in a cup, you shake the cup, and you like put it out, and you you like look at what you rolled, and then you basically have to like bluff against others mm. um, to like be like I have the highest roll or like the best roll. It was fun. It's like a little bluffing game. I yeah, liked it. like dice poker. Yeah, like dice poker, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I think the other, uh, this is like a just fully unrelated one, but one that I think is really cool is in Celeste. You can play the original, like the like Pico 8 version of mm-hmm. Celeste in the game, which is just such a cool way of like, it's, you know, it's different. For, it's not a break from the action in that way because it's like essentially the same thing. But it's such a cool way to sort of preserve the history of the game and show mm-hmm. like this is where this came from and here is where we are, like here is where it got to. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's a really cool way to like give you a, a look at like preserving the history of the game mm-hmm. in a way that like a lot of games don't. Like it's just, it's a cool peek into the sort of like yeah iteration of it. Is it... Is it Doom where that's like you can play Wolfenstein 3D in Doom or something? Oh, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are a few things like this where you if you like find the secret room, you can play mm-hmm. an old game. Yeah. Which it's is cool. Yeah. Got any other mini games that you like? Oh, Chow Garden. Explain. Chow Garden. Cool. It's on a good adventure too. Oh, there was a mini never. game. I don't think I've you ever could... played a Sonic game. Oh my god, you probably shouldn't. But Sonic <laughs> Adventure Two, there was like, okay, wait, let me actually look this up because I I might be hallucinating part of this. So Chow Garden was in the Sonic Adventure games, and you could collect. I forget how you collected the Chows. I think you collected them just in like the normal game, but these Chows were like these little weird digimon creatures you could find and so like in the game there was a chow garden where you could go and like 
you could pet the little chows and you could feed them. And I think like depending on how you interacted with them, it would change like how they evolved. But the Dreamcast, its memory card was called the VMU, the visual memory unit. So the card had like a little screen on it and buttons. So you could play mini games for the games you had saved on it just using the VMU. And so for the Chow Garden, you could transfer your little chows onto the VMU. And then when you took it out, you could play mini games. So there was one that was like Chow fighting. <laughs> and there was one that was like a matching the picture kind of thing. It was just such an involved, it was like so involved and so separate and weird. But it was just cool to like, I don't know, just have this thing where it was like you can, I always love like raising, like animal raising type games like like those are always very fun uh and just the fact that you could take it on this little portable device and play it away from the game like you could just sit completely separately from sonic adventure 2 you could play this little chow adventure and the chows are uh, just look at them they're so cute i love chows i love the chow garden i love chow adventure i love the dreamcast that's it perfect mini game <laughs> great we should both get dreamcasts so we can we can talk about it. So we can play Chow Garden. So we can play Chow Garden. Sure. We can make our chows be friends. I think you could like you would like mate them like Digimons. We could we can make our chows bone. Did you anyway. ever do did you ever do breeding in Pokemon? Not really. I did it a bunch. And you get the eggs and you have to ride your like bike around a bunch for the egg to hatch. <laughs> it was so annoying. Yeah, I mean I did it. I just never got yeah. invested in it. I know some people are like obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. Not for me. Okay. I think it's sick. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Let's try to keep this under an hour like we said yeah. we would. Oh, um, God. What else have you been up to this week? Kind of nothing again. This week, after Thursday, I think I will finally get to play Armored Core 6. Okay. And I'm so hyped. I can't wait. <laughs> so happy for you. Yeah, thank you. I've been looking forward to it so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, so I've been, well, I'm sure we'll talk about this at more length later, but I've been playing a little bit of Goodbye Volcano High, which is a like visual novel with a little like rhythm mini game in it that we've both talked about before and mm-hmm. both been looking forward to. Yeah, you're like dinosaur high schoolers waiting for the meteor to hit and like destroy the world. I haven't gotten to play too much of it yet, but from what I have played, last time we talked about it, I had some problems with the rhythm part of it mm-hmm. and those are still present there's a part of the rhythm game that you play with like the joysticks and a part with the buttons and i actually kind of like how complicated it is and how it makes it like really difficult to have to coordinate it kind of makes me feel like you are like a teenager trying to learn to play guitar and like manage all these different things at once it like feels overwhelming in a good way but i think the part with the joysticks just the the timing of it feels off and there's no option to like adjust that in the game and also when you hit notes, it just plays this weird, like dull tambourine sound that doesn't go with the music. And it's so annoying. Mm-hmm. So I had to just like turn sound effects off entirely to keep myself <laughs> from getting distracted by it. Other than that, though, it is really there are some weird issues. Like some of the voices sound like there's a very there's a really wide range of like the quality of sound recording in the voices. Like, the actors themselves are all great. Like, the performances are really fantastic. But the recording, there's a couple characters who you can just tell they were in, like, 
a lower quality like recording environment and it's like not a th- i don't want to hold like polish and things that are clearly budget issues against indie games ever but it is just very distracting when it's a it's not just that it's low quality it's like a difference in quality it's just like it's so noticeable and there's like clipping on some of the characters it's it's so bizarre it's very distracting and there's also portions where it seems like the sound cuts out at times like just those those weird little issues the story itself i'm really really digging and there's just some cool stuff they do with like the format of like the visual novel but there's there's stuff on the edges where it's like you can tell that this kind of um landed pretty hot you know i i think it's so interesting that you bring up this like sound quality thing because i don't think i really talked about it but when i was playing stray gods this Hmm. was a massive issue really um where part of me wonders if this is something we're seeing like a lot lately because pandemic obviously that's Um, exactly what i was thinking but it was so wild playing stray gods because i could never find like figure out what volume i should have the tv Mm. on because some people's like recording was very loud and then it would switch to like troy baker's which was like so much lower so you could like barely hear him and i'd be like well i want to turn the volume up so i can fucking hear what he's saying mm-hmm. and then laura bailey's character would talk and it would be so fucking loud it was like <laughs> all inconsistent and it was it was really interesting especially yeah. for games that are like so sound heavy yeah totally weird yeah but yeah i haven't i haven't started really playing the game yet but i want to yeah yeah it's good though i'm gonna you know i'm gonna keep playing it i'm i'm mostly enjoying it yeah, it's clever. I just like it's it's really funny. Like that's kind of my main takeaway at this point. Is like I'm laughing a lot. Like it feels very much like a care a, a game about teenagers. There's some interesting stuff that it does with that, both narratively and mechanically. I am gonna write a review for this, so I'll, I'll you know get into it deeper later. But yeah, I'm I'm not blown away with it, but I'm really enjoying it so far. I think mm-hmm. it's a, I think it's a solid choice. Uh, but how about you? What have you been up to this week? Yeah, so I have two things that I want to recommend. Uh, recommend recommend <laughs> recommend um which are both murder mystery related things mm. i was recently on a flight and i watched a movie um that was recommended to me by a friend called confess fletch which stars john ham and it's this murder mystery where he basically he shows up at a airbnb in boston because he's like visiting and he shows up and there's a dead woman <laughs> and he's accused of the of the murder and it turns out there's this whole thing and it has to do with like an art heist and all this stuff it's a comedy though it's so Mm -hmm. funny and john ham is hilarious um and then also kyle mclaughlin is in it he's yes and they have some scenes together and it's absolutely hilarious it's a really good just like pretty quick um murder mystery comedy really loved it so i think people should definitely watch it uh and then the other thing is that zoe and i have been watching after party season two which this is an apple um plus show what is called apple tv apple i don't fucking know apple streaming service apple just pirate it um but (laughs) don't support (laughs) apple pirate it watch the show though but it's it's the second season of this murder mystery show where basically this time around, um, the main character is at a wedding and in the night, the groom gets murdered. So they wake up and the groom is dead and they uh, a detective comes and she basically sits them all down and she's like, one by one, I'm going to ask you all to tell your version of the night. 
And the way that the show does this is that each episode is a like a different cinematic style. Mm-hmm. So this season so far, there's been like the bride sees it through like a a period piece, like a Jane Austen kind of movie. One guy who's like a Reddit conspira- conspiracy guy, he has a noir movie is his thing, which is fucking hilarious. There's like an Ocean's Heist movie one. Um they're all really interesting. They're made mm-hmm. they're made like very cleverly where you can tell the people like know what they're doing, but also they're like they have really good jokes in there. Uh it's a really fun show. Uh at the time of recording, we have fully caught up and there's only one episode left, but it hasn't come out yet. And Zoe and I were losing our minds watching the last episode because we were like, we really try to figure out what is happening. And the first season we Zoe especially figured it out really quick. She was like, oh, it's it's this is what's happening. This season has stumped us a lot more. And then in the mm. most recent episode, we were like, it's coming together. We figured it out. Here's what's happening. We know it. And now we just need to watch the final episode unravel. So um, it's a very fun show, especially especially if you like murder mystery stuff. Um, very enjoyable. So I would recommend people watch both of those things. Yeah, that sounds great. I, I'll check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so... <laughs> We'll see if we can get this under an hour. We still went fairly long. Let's see what your editing process does. We we had a lot of dead air. Who, who knew? Yeah. This was a weird episode. We fucked around a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I spent a lot of time just interrupting you at the beginning, trying that's to throw fine. you off track. That's okay. But That's all staying in, though. Yeah, of course. Uh, you can listen to Girl Mode anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can find us on socials at many places. We'll you know, put the link trade down in the description. You can also send us questions, comments, concerns, uh, life advice, either asking us for life advice or giving us life advice mm-hmm. um, at girlmodepod at gmail.com or through co-host. We, we received our first question, you know. So Very exciting. Yeah. Join the illustrious crew. Join the illustrious crew. I'm going to say this now. We're about two months away from our one year. Mm-hmm. One of the things we could do is we could do questions if we get enough. So ask us questions. And I'm just going to put that out now so that we could collect some. You can also find me on socials at the Willow Row. And you can find me at Robin Bombas. Um, Tell your local fishermen that when they're fishing, they should listen to girl mode. Yeah. Yeah. That'll pass the time. Yeah. That just sitting there. Waiting for the big one. Casting their line. Yeah. I hope they catch something. If yeah, you're li- if you're listening to this and you are fishing, that would be awesome. Please let us know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely let us know. Send if us you a picture of your catch. <laughs> don't I don't actually want to see that. Send me a picture of your fish. Yeah, just pretend you're making your Tinder profile and send Willa a picture of you holding a fish. <laughs> Swipe right. <laughs> <laughs>
I well, still think about I Bowsette. I couldn't know more what you mean. I love Bowsette so much. I know Bowsette, what you it was mean like, so much. Bowsette is, was like a cultural moment. Just really yeah. just iconic. <sighs> yeah. She, yeah. She, uh, yeah. The perfect woman. True. Um, okay. I'm going to go back into the episode. <laughs> you don't want to talk so, about Bowsette more? I always want to talk about Bowsette more. <laughs> the Bowsette episode. The, let's do it. Fuck it. <laughs>